You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack for Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up to people, Tex. Hey, everybody. I'm sure you're all here to listen to the, the news about the important uh, football news of the weekend in Wisconsin. That's Paul Chris getting fired. So we can, uh, yeah, no. Um, Packers, one. Yay. It wasn't a completely lost weekend of football. Yay. I don't know about yay. 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 Packers won 27-24 in overtime. Uh, they knocked Brian Hoyer out within, what was it, a drive? Two drives? Second drive, yeah. Second Last drive. play of the second drive. Rookie, Bailey Zappi. Zap? I st- I'm still Zappy. Sure. It's It's Is Zappy. It Zappy yeah. Zap would be so much better because we could use all the Zap Brannigan jokes, but yeah. unfortunately... <sighs> scored a touchdown on us on a play that shouldn't probably, have happened. Yeah, probably <laughs> was was late. I I heard the excuses too for the referee. Why are there so many referee apologists? I never oh understand gosh. this. No, people are like the the way the rule is written. You look at the play clock; it goes to zero. Then you look back at the center and see if he snaps. If that took you three seconds to look uh, from the play clock uh, down to the center, you shouldn't be refereeing NFL games. All right, so so by the time that they would have done that, the play clock would have already reset to 40, and then they would have gotten the snap off. So, like, if the play clock has already reset to 40, you know that it has already hit zero, and it's a delay of game. Like, I know the Packers get uh, get away with a little bit, like, right on the edge there, right? Like, snapping the ball right around the time the clock hits zero, but not three full seconds after the play clock hits double zeros. That's That's ridiculous. It was a pregnant pause for oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> um, they they asked Lafleur about it. Seemed like he got told right before he went up for the presser. They asked Rogers about it. Rogers had no idea what the heck they were asking. So it's not something that <laughs> the team is like mad about. I don't think because I don't think they actually caught it. I actually yeah. listened to both pressers. I listened to Lafleur and Rogers and all those guys. Like, uh, who was up there today? Rashawn Gary was up there, and then I listened to the Patriots one holy crap, Bill Belichick says nothing. Like, it's <laughs> comedic. Like, he went up there, like, what happened? Rogers just took too good. He's too good. <laughs> He's too accurate. He ma- he makes you pay. And then they're asking him, like, just yeah. everything. Like, What'd you tell Bailey Zappi? Like, what'd I tell him? Like, when he came in, what speech did you give him? He was speech. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. They asked him about the third quarterback, and he's like, well, we didn't need him, so I guess you won't know. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness gracious. They don't give him anything. He's incredible. Anything at all. He is is the master, and and yet he has so much disdain for the fact that that he even has to get up there and answer questions at any point. It's it's hilarious. Like, he is, if Ted Thompson – you know, had to get up there after every game instead of, you know, twice a year and give a press conference. Yeah. That was, that's what, that's what Ted Thompson would do. I want to do just right off the bat. Let's do an inventory of what we have on this Packers team. Cause I feel yeah. like this is a 
self-reflection point in the season. Mm-hmm. You almost lost to a third-string quarterback at home. Yeah. You're about to go, what is this? I, I think this is the first leg of five games in five stadiums, or that might have been last week. I can't remember. Um, they're about to go through a ton of travel, right? I mean, they're about to go play in England next week at ungodly time in the morning. Yeah, that's going to be a lot rougher for you than it is for me on Eastern time, man. I wouldn't. Uh, 6.30. I'll 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 promise you this. I'll get up and write up inactives at eight a.m. Oh, Eastern instead of. <laughs> I'm not making you get up at five. Thank Jeez. God. Yeah, I got you covered there. But yeah, all right, let's do it. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Is he good? I have no idea if he's good. I don't know anymore. Like he's he was dropping a few dimes there in the second half after looking like shit the entire first half. I don't know. I don't know what kind of what kind of Rodgers we're going to get on any given moment. Moment. I was joking. What was it like the second drive Zappy was in? I was like, who's going to throw more passes in this game, Rodgers or Zappy? Because I thought the Packers would have just popped the football and just said, like, we're going home. We're going to get this lead. They just could never pull away. They could never yeah. pull away on this team. New England was running the ball well, all that stuff. I thought I think Aaron Jones confirmed to good. The fact mm-hmm. that he was breaking away on some of these inside runs was great because, you know, yeah. they cut kind of had him running on the edge in the pin and pull stuff and had Dylan kind of be the inside runner. They changed a lot in their run game this week. Um, they were holding, we talked about how on those RPOs, right? Like Tampa, that goal line play against uh, that Darius Smith ran down, right? Against the Vikings. Yep. Um, there are RPOs where there's no one handling the, the end man on the line of scrimmage. And they're basically trying to force Rogers to, to pull the ball because they're covering the, the pass. They're chasing down the backside of the run. He's got to pull it himself. They're handling that now with split zone, which is, you know, the off ball tight end cutting across, cutting across mm-hmm. the formation. They were doing that in pony, which we hadn't seen all season. Yeah. They got away from the bubble stuff, the bubble zone stuff from pony, at least when they didn't have uh, uh, the slice guy, the kickout guy on split zone. That was nice to see. So their offense is adjusting some, but mm-hmm. it's still not like clicking. I mean, Rogers, right. we talked about it at halftime, like, he had the shot to who was it? It was Watson, and then I think, it was, I think there was a Dobbs shot. Yeah, I think yeah. there was one to Dobbs and one to maybe one to Lazard too in the first half. Because yeah, I mean, New England for all the talk everyone's talking about and points per game. I just saw it's at the lowest it's been since like 2006 or something. It's just defense is sitting in too high. The mm-hmm. Patriots were playing them in a lot of one high, which is theoretically when you want to take these shots, and they just weren't able to come down with them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Rogers looked off on, in, in terms of his placement of the ball in the first half, uh, a couple of them looked like he overthrew, or at least at the very least had a miscommunication with his receivers. Um, but then second half, I mean, there were a couple that he put right on the money. The, the one to Lazard uh, to, uh, to convert that third down on that first drive of the second half. Save um, the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, <laughs> that play, I think, I, I think I said it in Slack is if the Packers came back and went, won that game, that's going to be like the turning point. Yeah. And I think that was, that was absolutely huge. Cause that's on a third and 10 um, or rough, something like that. Third and long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was two come, straight completions before that. Yeah. Yeah. So third and 10 coming right out of the half. Um, you're down by four. Rogers has just thrown a pick six right before the end of the half. Like you, you have to come away with points in that, in that situation. And at the very least, like you have to get, you know, get some decent field position and, and flip the field a little bit at the absolute minimum. Um, you cannot go three and out. So yeah, that was, that was a huge play. Um, the one that Dobbs dropped in the end zone was just a vintage dime. That one reminded me a little bit of 
there was one to Geronimo Allison in one of the Bears games, like week one. It might have even been the 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 Mani game, um, but just a just a picture perfect one up that that right sideline in the back corner of the end zone. Um, like it's the accuracy is still there when he steps into his throw and you know uses his good mechanics and is reading the field and it's it's still there and it's just so frustrating to to see him go into some of his bad habits every once in a while for long stretches too like mo- again most of that first half was bad rogers and then he kind of that it seemed like that completion of lazard got him kickstarted a little bit and you know perfect seam ball to tunyon to finish that drive with a touchdown um and then he he looked you know more like his normal self for for the rest of the second half elsewhere running back aj Dillon. I'm better, better, better this week. (laughs) Still like not matching up to last year or like coming into the season's expectations. I mean, AJ Dillon did technically lead the team in rushing yards last year. And I don't, there's no way he's close, right? This year. No, uh, Jones, Jones had him by almost 80 yards coming into this game. So, and he, you know, picked up another 35 yards on him today. So yeah. (sighs) Some of the stuff I, I still don't understand the insistence on using him as the the shotgun draw guy in some of the pony stuff. I get why you want to have Jones motioning out of the formation and doing some of the some of the motion stuff, but I was actually really happy late in the game when they went under center in single back and were handing him the football. That was that made me very happy to see that. So we'll we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I thought he looked better today than you know maybe at any other point so far this season the receivers are the spot where i'm like this is the room for growth position mm-hmm. very clearly like dobbs watson we, we're seeing it we see yep. the potential we're also seeing the inconsistency it's hey, like, yep. okay if we could reel this in this could change what this offense looks like right yeah um lazard is who he is Cobb. they're even mentioning you know he looks younger all that stuff Tunyon, I'm surprised he's not getting more work because, you know, we talked about how when the tackles are healthy, you know, it, it kind of frees him up more than anyone else yep. in the offense. He did catch the touchdown over the middle, right? But that was 20 of his 22 yards in the game, only had two targets. He was second in targets last week after uh, Romeo Dobbs, Tobbs tied with Lazard eight and eight. And then after that's Randall Cobb and Randall Cobb and Aaron Jones are, I mean, if they're your third options out at receiver, I'm, you, you got problems a little bit yeah yeah it was it was nice to see a little bit of a vintage Lazar game though a couple of big plays I think they said he had three plays of more than 20 yards today which mm-hmm. um which was nice to see him getting getting open and having a little bit of explosives but um yeah the Dobbs thing was I mean the ball security man that's the biggest thing for him at this point he had the fumble early the drop in the end zone um if he can figure out that piece man, he, he could really be something special. And, you know, we saw it with Watson. Um, obviously the speed is there. The, the end around touchdown was beautiful. Um, but like the deep ball tracking on that, that deep shot, um, that was, that was a little ugly. That was, I mean, it wasn't a great, a great ball from Rogers either, but, um, he just like completely turned around on it. So, you know, hope, hopefully that'll, that'll come. But yeah, if, if, if those guys start to figure it out, that I think completely changes the equation. Um, if they can be a little more consistent and, um, you know, I think that's a, like you said, that's room for growth. And that's a, that's a place where as the season goes along, if those guys pick it up, 
that could be the thing that really turns this offense into something potentially special. And on that Watson touchdown, Romeo Dobbs is the lead blocker. <laughs> yeah. On that, yeah. just sacrificing his body because he's blocking not, with it, blocking with his butt, basically. Yeah. He's not much of a blocker. <laughs> like the effort is there. It's just like the technique. Yeah. It's not necessarily uh, totally polished out at yep. this point. Um, the offensive line, I mean, it's glaring. <sighs> Elton Jenkins is not who he used it's, to be. It's not at least yeah. right now. Um, Bakhtiari clearly looks way closer to being back than Jenkins. I haven't paid as much attention to Bakhtiari. I wasn't paying attention to if he was favoring, you know, putting all his weight on, on his right leg like he was last week. Um, yeah. He was only out for one or two drives, I think. I was going to say, I only noticed uh, people talking about it the one drive. I think it was like the third drive of the game. And after that, I don't remember hearing anything about him swapping with with Nyman the rest of the way. Now, Nyman was questionable. He was... I guess sick coming into the game a little bit. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they planned on rotating a little more than they did, but um, yeah, it seemed like Bach was out there most of the game. We'll see when we get the snap counts in the morning, um, just how much he played. But, you know, again, if he, if he makes it through, you know, you keep ramping up his workload in game every week, you know, hopefully at this point, you know, next week, week after he'll be, he'll be out there hundred percent of the time. And then you kind of can figure out, all right, do we want to do something else on the right side? Because you've got Nyman freed up at that point. Nyman or Tom, like, yeah, I'm willing to go three team race, just like rotate them. Yep. Every single player, gets the, Gi- <laughs> the Giants don't have a pass rusher right now. So yeah, I'm just like, rotate those three in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Newman's getting better. Newman yeah. hasn't been an issue in like two weeks. I didn't notice any pass protection issues from him. And it, again, it's not surprising that when he moves back into guard, things start looking a little bit better for him. Um, I think that was always the concern that we had with him was his play out of tackle. And with Jenkins back and moving him to guard, great. You know, that gets him at, at right guard instead of Jake Hansen, and we're we're all feeling better. But um yeah, the the Jenkins right tackle thing just right now that that feels like the weak point on the line which is a crazy thing to to say at this point and i know he's banged up too so like it's always weird with injuries because you never know yeah didn't he also have like an ankle thing that was or, or maybe not he ankle, had a some had other a sh- shoulder, a shoulder. yeah there's so there was something else going on there but he's, was, he's was off of the injury report for that now yeah he was only on the injury report for that for i think the week he missed and then the second week Got it. Um, and now he's only on for a knee when he misses practice and stuff. But yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very weird mm-hmm. to look at this offensive line and be like the guy who's gonna be paid top ten offensive linemen in the sport mm-hmm. is the guy who's kind of the weak link right now. And is he gonna get healthier? Is he not gonna get healthier down the stretch? Did he return too soon? Like, yeah, who knows what the heck's going on? Right. Yeah. On the defensive side, the defensive line outside of Kenny Clark has been really disappointing to me um, yeah i thought lowry would be a little bit better and then jaron reeve like he hasn't i mean i know he got the sack today but it yeah. was kind of a cleanup sack off of yep. what rashawn gary was bringing i don't know if reed's made like a one-on-one play by himself where he actually beat a blocker it wasn't just someone brain farted and he just got a run through yep. and that's that's a problem when your first round pick Devonte Wyatt is the fifth defensive lineman off of the bench and then TJ Slayton hasn't really been getting much burn. Like he's getting in rotationally, but like, I don't know why, why isn't Slayton in there for Jerron Reed at this point? I don't have an answer 
I'm I'm in this I'm in the same boat with you. You'd uh, and he was really the the one kind of free agent signing from from outside the team this offseason. And yeah. it sounded like they were really counting on him and um and from everything that we had heard out of training camp, right? He was he was I looking mean, he great was, in one on ones and basically things. He's defensive starter and they and that, never changed it up. And that tells me a lot more about the uh the offensive lineman he was going up with or going going up against. That was always my does. worry. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. like the backup offensive lineman when Bach and yep. Jenkins were out during the preseason. They're like Jaron Reed is looking really it's it's the same stuff coming out of like you'll hear this at like Jets camp and they're yep. like the Jets defense is actually just really good. Zach Wilson's actually a fine quarterback. And then you get into the season and you're like, they're actually oh wait, everybody sucks. Yeah, yeah, they're both really <laughs> bad. Um outside linebacker. It's pretty Rashawn much Gary. Good. Yeah. Really, really freaking good. It's as expected. They're rotating yeah. these guys a whole lot more than I yeah. would like, but I guess the theory is just like if one of them goes down, if one of the starters goes down, you're kind of screwed. Cause we've, I feel like we've seen enough of Enigbare and Garvin at this point. Garvin actually had a play. He uh, did. He, yeah. He a block, but it ended up, uh, I think it was still Hoyer at that point. Hoyer threw that shot play, got it off right on time, and he, he yep. kind of lucked out on it. Uh, yeah. The, the, it, it's still, seeing kansas city playing tonight um still makes me wonder about if we're going to be ruining the Devonte wyatt pick over george Karlaftis, who went 30 to kansas city for for a long time the show was very much the two georges yeah we were i think everyone at apc was rooting for the two georges and we could yeah. have had the two georges but mm-hmm. we got wyatt which not been great and then walker who's been very i mean who knows if you know why it would have been there if they trade up to what is it 34 or wherever they tra- they right. traded up for christian watson i mean they might have been able to get all three of those guys potentially sure. that that sucks because you see how good george pickens is just plucking balls out of the air and and all mm-hmm. that stuff and you see how good carl Loftus is playing bummer but yeah gotta live with what we got at inside backer the big disappointment for me like is devondre campbell who he was last year because last year he was an all pro and he looked every bit of it and now they're not looking great i don't know if it's just because they're getting out of penny and not having him play sideline to sideline and now they're in a ton of nickel and he's having to fit that way but it's not really different from an inside linebacker perspective than when they're they're in their base three four and that wasn't an issue for him so i don't know what's going on with devondre but like it doesn't seem like he's flying to the football nearly as fast as he was last year. And that when plus he, his physicality were like the game changers. Yeah. And when, and when he does get there, he's missing a lot more tackles than he did last season. I think he's already missed more tackles this year than he did like all of last year. Um, yeah. I'm looking up pro football reference, had him down for four in 16 games last year. They had him down for five and three games this year. So that doesn't even count today when he today. think he missed at least another, another maybe two or two or three. Yeah. So that that's the biggest surprise to me. And, and you know, maybe that's the kind of thing that regresses to the mean a little bit. I mean, four missed tackles and, you know, in the amount of, of activity he had last year is, is a ridiculously small number. I get that. But um, yeah, that's that. I, I agree. I think that's the by far the, the biggest disappointment relative to expectations. I think we we hoped for more on the defensive line, but didn't necessarily like expect that the rest of that group outside of Kenny was going to be going to be great. We expected Campbell to at least maintain his play to some extent. And and it does feel like he's dropped off quite a bit. Yeah. 
defensive back, I think it's pretty much expectations at this point. We had the like early yeah. up and downs with Adrian Amos that were kind of weird. Um, but we should know at this point, Jair Alexander missed this game with a groin injury. He sustained the groin injury against Tampa, went out, I think, the first drive of that game. Yep. Um, never came back. He missed, I think, Thursday's practice was listed as questionable. It seemed pretty evident that he was going to be held out um, and the team was going to play it fairly conservatively, even though he did try to work it out on the field uh, before this game. When they signed Corey uh, Bellantine, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah. Um, he has kick return experience, played corner. Um, to the practice squad, and then they elevated uh, Keandre Thomas to the active roster from the practice squad today or uh, on Saturday. So it seemed pretty, you know, you do the math and you're like, oh, they're adding corners. We have a corner hurt. It's probably not going to be in this game. Um, Russell Douglas started outside again. Keyshawn Nixon uh, came off the bench again to play in the slot. Then Adrian Amos went down with a concussion. He's being evaluated for uh, concussion. And he got replaced by Rudy Ford, which I thought was interesting because Rudy Ford is the newest member from the safety group to join the team. You know, he was added after initial roster cutdowns. I thought the DBs did fine. Um, It's kind of hard to evaluate when, you know, there's a third string quarterback out there. I mean, net passing yards, including the sacks, right? Um, The quarterbacks had 25 dropbacks for 104 yards. I mean, that was not an NFL team that that's not good playing against so yeah i think the defense is going to get a little heat for giving up 24 to the you know to a third string quarterback but you got to remember that one of those touchdowns is a pick exactly so 17 points um obviously you'd you'd like to to keep that in check a little bit but a lot of that was the running game um kind of eating up the the run defense especially in the second half so um i don't think you can you can really fault the the pasty too much. There was there were one or two plays where they let guys get free. Um, a couple of those those little rainbow floaters that Zappy had, um, it did feel like the the couple of those balls just hung up in the air for you know ten seconds. Um, you know the 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 touchdown being one of them. I think there was another one to Aguilar when he kind of got lost in in zone, maybe coming across on a on a deep crosser, but. Um, yeah, those those two I think were the only two like big plays in the passing game I can think of. Everything else, it felt like they were closing to the football quickly. They were physical with their tackles. Um, I mean, Stokes, Amos, Savage, all I think had had big TFLs um, with with nice um, nice physical plays that they made uh, to to close on the football quickly. So that was that was really encouraging to see that 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 was that they expected the the short passing game and and they seemed to be ready for it and were um you know we're sure what they're tackling. I don't even know what direction the defense needs to take at this point because yeah. they got gashed in the run game today, right? And it wasn't they weren't long runs, but they also weren't short runs. It was just like punches over and over again right like three different guys had carries of like 14 yards or something like that um if you play more aggressive with the corners right that then puts them in a position where if they don't beat their blocks they could be the edge guy right and you know we could get explosive plays but if you keep playing off you're going to rely on this defensive line and and campbell who's not playing particularly well at this point so i don't i don't know what direction the team goes like is it just like Campbell you got to play better Wyatt or Slayton one of you needs to replace Jaron Reed like yeah I don't I don't know how feasible that is though like I don't know if you could count on that this season 
Yep. Yeah, I know. It's tough. I have some, uh, before we get into vibe checks and all that, I have some stats for you. I crunch the numbers. Let's do week, it. Week four, okay? 75 points the Green Bay Packers have scored. Mm. 75 points. The last time that the Green Bay Packers had a winning record after scoring 75 points or fewer in their first four games of the season was 1978. Oh, God. My dad was six. I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Um, the last time the Packers scored 75 points or fewer at all in the first four games of a season was the 2006 to 2004 stretch. The combined record of, of the first four games in those three seasons, two and 10. Mm. Not good. Not good. I went back and looked at the last decade of NFL football. Okay. Teams that scored 75 points or fewer the first four games of the season. They're 74, 205, and one. Um, if you can do really good math mentally, that's that's not good. 6.6% win percent oh. uh, opportunity. So for the season, those teams end up winning 73% of the games. And after week four, it's 40.6%. So that's not necessarily a direct score of like, because you can't score now, you will not score later. But there's a pretty strong correlation there that you're at least going to be below average among the teams last decade, right? So there's 72 teams who have scored less than 75 points in the first month of the year. Nine of them have made the playoffs and three of them won a playoff game. None of them have escaped the divisional round. Those three teams, right? So if we're looking at case studies of an Aaron Rodgers team is scoring this few amount of points, they get to the playoffs and they win the playoff game. These are the case studies for the Mm. last decade. So out of 73 teams, these three teams, right? 2012 Seattle Seahawks. That's rookie Russell Wilson. Yep. So they go from scoring 75 points in the first month to Fail Mary. Fail Mary was in that first month too. Yeah. Oh, they man. end up averaging 42 and a half points per game in the last month of the season. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that's a drastic sure. jump for a rookie quarterback. I feel yep. like we throw that one out, right? Yep. Yep. 2016 Houston Texans. That was the Brock Os- or Brock Osweiler was starting because oh my Davidge was hurt. And then Derek Carr was hurt. So that's a win technically, but it's a win over Connor Cook, who never started another NFL game <laughs> in any circumstance ever again, or before, frankly. So that's oh another gosh. case study, right? Good. So we're out two. We're out two guys. The other example is the 2018 Dallas Cowboys. They started off uh two and two and they finished 10 and six. The other thing that's like extremely rare is the Green Bay Packers are three and one. Almost no one who plays this poorly in terms of like scoring. I know it's not all offense because obviously defense scores and stuff like that and field goals, but teams that don't score usually are not at this record at this point in the season. So you look at the last decade, only six of those 72 teams had a winning record in, in coming out of week four. It was 2016 Rams. 2012 Eagles, 2019 Bears, 2018 Titans, 2016 Texans that we already just talked about, and the 2017 Bills. So six of the teams that had a winning record, despite scoring this amount of points in the first month of the year, only one of them made the playoffs. And their only victory was beating Connor Cook. It's crazy when you look at all the numbers and you're like, this is setting up for pretty big. I mean, 
they're supposed to be contenders. Last week we did the SB Nation React stuff. The Packers were, I think, second in the NFC in terms of people thinking they're contenders behind the Rams who just came off of a Super Bowl win, right? So Yikes. it's going to get weird soon. Yeah. Well, and and now we look at the point differential too. Not only is it scoring, but <clears throat> you've outscored your opponents by a total of six points this season through yeah. four games. Um, you know the the Pythagorean record if you're a believer in that basically that's a that's a two and two team you're if you're yeah. you know if you are giving up roughly the same amount of points that you were scoring that should be a 500 team um so i guess you know good on the defense for you know keeping it keeping it close and finding you know finding a way to win games but, but a lot I mean, of it's that's, turnovers i mean that's yeah. the thing that worries me it's a lot of it's turnovers it's not multiple even the defense is keeping them off of the field yeah multiple giveaways in three of the first four games that's a that's a, that's extremely disconcerting. That's what three picks for Rodgers in the first four games. When was the last time he had three interceptions in the first month of the season? I have no I, idea. It's been a long time have to go look at that too. Yeah, that's it's weird. It's a weird one, man. But look, this is this is the first game of a stretch that um, again we feel like these this game and the next three should all be very winnable games. They. You know, they they pulled it off today. They pulled it off by the skin of their teeth, but they got that third win. Now maybe you can make some hay against Giants who, at this point, they might be down to their third-string quarterback because both Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor got hurt today. Um, they ended up taking wildcat snaps with Saquon Barkley at the end of the game because they didn't have yeah. a quarterback available. So we'll see what happens there in, in London next week. Then you get the Jets and Zach Wilson. And then you got Washington and Carson Wentz. Like, that's those are the games where you build up your point differential right yeah and it should be to your point right like Saquon Barkley's back there if you're having issues stopping the run with (laughs) the box that you have playing too high like it's Mm -hmm. not gonna stop next week they're gonna lean on that more than ever yeah you're gonna lean on that more than ever if Jones and and Tyrod are both out so this is and and they're gonna have limited practice too right because they're flying out I think on Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. They're flying out on Thursday. So they should, I mean, who knows what a walkthrough on Friday even looks like when you're traveling like that. I know we don't have experience with that since, you know, Green Bay hasn't traveled out of the country like that before. So just not good vibes. Weird. Not good vibes at all. I I think this offense has an actual chance to be bad. And this is the first (laughs) time I've felt like that. I always thought like they're going to get this stuff figured out. But even this game, they made the adjustments to split back gun that killed him against him. Like, what else can you do? You mess around with the offensive line. You just hope some more shot plays can come down. Like, I don't yeah, I don't know what direction you go from here because they've already made adjustments. It's not like they've already they haven't. They've just like stuck to their script for a month yeah. and just like gone through it. It's it, it's funny we're saying this, too, because it in a way, though, like at the same time that we've got all these issues, it felt like they were a couple plays away. Right. The Dob- Dobbs makes that catch. They're at 31 24. Um, and you're over 30 for the first time this year. Um, couple of those, couple of those shot plays in the first half, the, the guys were open and Rogers just missed him. So he makes a, he makes those throws. You come down with those and that's, it's a completely different ball game. So I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird to feel like they're so far away and yet so close to, to figuring it out at the same time. <laughs> I mean, again, just looking at the numbers, right? Three of the 72 teams <laughs> that have played this poorly offensively in terms of scoring, right? 
have won a playoff game. The odds are stacked heavily mm-hmm. against us. I know, I know the team has talent, all that stuff. I think they're probably and pure in terms of pure talent, probably the second most talented team in the league when they're healthy behind the Buccaneers. Um in the NFC, I should say. In the NFC, not necessarily the league. Yeah. But there are very few cases where this ends up turning right. And you have to yeah. have something like a Russell Wilson just like getting comfortable in his offense throughout the I mean they're that's the only case study you can look at and say this is how the offense got better this is the reasoning for the young players developing moving forward and we're hoping for that but I'm sure there's been more than one team in the NFL that struggled to score in the first month of a season and said the young guys will bail me out at some point (laughs) yeah that's uh that seems like something that would be pretty common these days yeah Oh, man. The other thing, too, just to bring this up, only one team went uh, won 12 games or more. Only three teams have won 11 games or more under this. I mean, that's the difference between hosting a playoff game or not, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're all on the road, imagine – so just using the case study numbers again, right? If they lose the first playoff game that they play in, whatever it is, right, by week, divisional, or in the wild card, right? What do we even do from here? I mean, is is that like a Rodgers is playing like, I don't know if I should retire or not again. And then we'll Lafleur's on the hot seat. Cause I mean, that's happened a good amount for yeah. him only being here for four years. If that doesn't end up happening at the end of this offseason or postseason. I have, I have no idea what you do in that situation. Yeah. None, <laughs> none at all. To me, it seems like <laughs> it always felt like this was more of a rebuilding year for what next year could bring. And I know, cap complications and stuff like that but like the players are still here like as long as you yeah. keep like Rashawn Gary in-house Ellen Jenkins in-house the players are still here right yep. but what does that do with Rodgers because it seems like he's just gonna go with what, whatever wave of dopamine ayahuasca is gonna hit <laughs> like you can't bank on him returning if they if they lose in the wild card round or something like I'm officially Maybe. anxious for the season I never yeah. felt like we were gonna lose this game because my mind could not it literally could not fathom losing to Bailey yep. Zappi. I'm just yep. like at some point we're gonna win. It's gonna be like a one score game. It's very dumb. We're gonna feel terrible about it, but we're gonna end mm-hmm. up winning. It, I'm actually worried for the season though. Yeah, yeah. This felt like one of those 2019 games all over again where they won so many of these close games that shouldn't have been close. But um again, when when it's come on the heels of the issues that we've seen the first three weeks. Um, it's a different, it's a different feeling than, than we had in 2019, I think. So goodness. All oh, right, man. We kind of touched on it already, but let's go to break and then we'll come back and talk about, uh, we'll, we'll speak on the vibe checks. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And we're back. All right. Offensively, I'm officially at like a five. Yep. I'm scared of the rookies. I'm scared when Matt LaFleur, the, the reporters are talking about Matt LaFleur's in the locker room, like giving Romeo Dobbs pep talks after the game. I don't like that. Oh. I don't like anything that involves like, I don't want to say like head cases, but like the idea of like a player losing confidence. Right. Yeah. I don't need that at all, especially not on October 2nd. Um, <laughs> they can't get the ball to Bobby Tanyan. Right. The offensive line is looking weird at the very least. Like, I don't know if, right. I don't, I'm not sure Newman should be a, a 17 game starter. I am not sure. Um, Jenkins should be the right tackle. I'm not sure what's going on with Bakhtiari because they rotate him out mid game for like one or two drives. And now they're about to go play an international game. I mean, they're going to travel like crazy over the next couple of games. So I don't know how that impacts his rehab. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers yelling at, at Josh Myers, snap the fucking ball. <laughs> right. The AJ Dillon like, isn't nearly as good as he was last year. In my opinion, it's, there's a lot of things on offense that I'm like, this is, if they score a touchdown in any game for the remainder of the season, I wouldn't be surprised because they don't look yeah. good. Yeah. And, and yet I'm still at like a five because there's, they, they feel like they're that close in, in a lot of, in a lot of instances, again, so many of these plays that are, that are, you know, plays that, that could be made and just a little more consistency, a little better hands from Dobbs. Um, you know, again, not not fumbling in that first half, like a little bit more um, trust in his mechanics from Rogers. And and I think we're we're there a little bit more creativity. They like we said earlier, we saw it a little bit with the pony today, but just, you know, bring a little more of those wrinkles out. And it, it feels like it could be where it needs to be. But um, yeah, just we haven't seen it yet. And until that until we get one of those you know, 40 point performances against a bad team. I'm still going to be hesitant and concerned. Yeah. And all these teams like are going to be doing the math and being like, we need a, like the Packers are a game to highlight for them. Right. Yeah. LaFleur even mentioned after the game, like he was like, yeah, as soon as you start thinking like you're going to beat some of these teams, like automatically, like that's when they creep up on you. Yep. seems like maybe that's a little bit of the case, but like, they had talked about the Patriots and taking them serious all week. And like Basaccia went on like a 20 minute rant about like how good <laughs> the Patriots special teams are and like how that's going to be the matchup of the, of the season for them, for the special teams guys and all that stuff. So it, it's kind of weird that LeFleur even brought that up. Um, defensive side. I'm also back like down to, I'm down to like a seven. I think is probably the right because they're so talented. Yeah, there's no way you could have them like much lower than that. Obviously, you hope Adrian Amos is is fine. Um, Jair comes back off of that groin fine, but that defensive line is not good. There's been no depth on the line of scrimmage that has really developed throughout the first four games of the season. I don't know. I mean, Carvin might be the guy who's like developed the most out of the interior and and edge rushers so yeah. far, and. Still don't think Garvin's very good. So, like, 
nice. You you have a fourth edge rusher now. Cool. Yeah. I guess. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the 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 hope here is you've got three games against teams in the bottom half of the league on offense. Yeah. Giants, Jets, Washington. Washington just put up ten points in Dallas. Um, so you you hope that we can use these next three weeks, figure it out a little bit, find um, you know get. I don't know if it's again a, a confidence or consistency thing with like Devondre, you know, get him back a, a little closer to to the level he was at last year. Get a couple of these guys healthy and um, try to try to right the ship maybe up front on the run defense a little bit um, before you have to deal with Buffalo in a month. So I'm yeah I'm I'm right there with you. I think that the talent has got to win out at some point, and um, there's certainly no shortage of that on on the defense. So. Um, and again, the secondary has played pretty, pretty well the last couple of weeks. And I think that's, that's something you can hang your hat on. And you've got one of the best edge rushers in the league. Um, and fundamentally one of the best defensive linemen in the league. It's just would be really nice if you had something in between those two guys to actually do something. <laughs> so I almost kind of think like when, so when they put five DBs out there, right. And they have to decide between the nickel, which is like the four, two, and then the penny, which is like the five, one. I almost feel like they're better in the penny, but it keeps one of their best players off of the field. It keeps Quay off the field and they can do some stuff. Like they've gotten into penny from nickel personnel a little bit where they end up having one of those inside backers play uh, basically like outside linebacker, just play off of the edge. And then you get a guy like Gary lined up one-on-one with a guard. And I almost wonder if like, that's the way to do it because Mm -hmm. if you want your best players on the field, but you want to be in your best formation, it's going to have to be something funky because I, they don't look like they can stop the run in nickel right now. And if you have to get in Penny, that's fine. And Devondre Campbell thrived in that role last year playing as that like one inside linebacker in that situation. But you're going to have to move some guys around. And if it's Quay setting an edge, like I think Quay can set an edge. I think yeah. Gary can beat the crap out of a guard. Like if it has to be that, I think they can do it. Well, and that maybe that's a, a role where those two guys are better suited anyway. I mean, we know we yeah. we talk about that's that's Gary's one biggest weakness, right? Is setting the edge the, against the run. Um, he had a couple I, today too. Everyone was excited yeah. about. I understand the two sacks, but I saw tweets that were like he has eight ta- uh, eight tackles and two sacks. And I'm like, he has eight tackles because they're running at him right now. Yep. I and mean, they were running outside zone right at him. I mean, that's something I talked with Mark Schofield um, from SB Nation on Intercepted about this on Friday. But they kind of like ditched their outside zone stuff after a week, you know. Um, So the fact that they went back to it, I mean, that's game plan, right? I mean, they game planned. We want to run outside zone at Rashawn Gary, and they're pretty successful at it for a good amount of the game. Not to say there isn't positives in Gary's game, because obviously he's a great pass rusher, but he does have some limitations. Yep. Yep. Man, special teams. I feel pretty good about the special teams. They were like, yeah, two weird returns that like went longer than they should have, but it didn't kill I, them. Yep. I they, think the, oh, the, the, the interesting thing to me was that when Ford had to come on, I think we talked about it at halftime a little bit. Uh, when Ford had to come on for Amos at safety, it looked like they were mixing up the, the flyers on the punt team a little bit. Um, not having him and Nixon both out there on every, uh, on every punt. Um and they had them both out there at the the one at the end where they needed to get the uh, get the ball down deep, which yep. worked out great. And um, 
they pinned him inside the five. But yeah, they it, it seemed like they were kind of rotating them in and out a little bit to since they were playing a decent amount of nickel. Didn't want to have both of those guys um cashed on on punt team before having to come out and play a full drive on defense. And I think New England, I mean, for all the stuff Basaccia said, right? I think he was right that like this is a really well coached team. I mean, they were trying to get mm-hmm. after him in the punt game. They're trying to get after him in uh field goal protection too, right? And they were able to make the most of it. I mean, there were some close calls, but it's not like anything egregious like we saw last year. Like it was because right. they have a body on a body and then it's, oh, okay, that guy had to fair catch it because he has no blockers. And I think you live with that. I mean, they've, yeah. they passed the test for me is I guess what I should be saying. Agreed. Yeah. Just like we've been talking all, all year and, and all since January, if this team can have, you know, average special teams that doesn't make glaring mistakes that is a huge upgrade from what we've had the last couple of years and i would argue that again yeah they had a couple of couple of issues with with coverage here and there but you know they got the the big down punt late in the game when they really really needed it and um i think you know we know i know pat o'donnell got player of the week last week special teams player of the week for his like five balls pinned inside the 20 he had i think another like three maybe this week um a couple big ones and i i was i have been very surprised at how big of an upgrade he feels like he's been uh punting the ball and specifically you know pinning uh pinning teams inside the 20 that feels yeah. like that's been a a huge deal for this unit so far this season yeah, because Bajorquez could, I mean, he could boot him, but he blasts the hell he out of it. But... He was inconsistent a little bit too. Like, yep. you'd have like the random shanks that he would have too, and we haven't both... seen a single one from Donald. Yeah, both he and both he and J.K. Scott were good for you know one of those every other game or so. It seemed like that you'd just have a twenty yarder out of nowhere, and yeah, knock on wood, but um, you know O'Donnell's been been real consistent, and again, his placement has been great. Yeah, how many of these games? What do you think the Packers record is if Mo Drayton is still the special teams coordinator? Oh God. Um I think they're one and three. I, I think legitimately they could have lost this game because it yeah. was so close. And I think they yep. would have lost probably last week. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. Probably they're one and three. <laughs> That's crazy. Like I know I we ran the poll for the SB Nation Reacts thing where we asked people at APC just like random questions just to get just to get you guys voting, seeing how you guys feel about the team in general. And I think like half of the people said special teams met expectations. I think it was like a 40, 10 split for like uh, exceeded versus like fell short of expectations. Um, So I think people are like slightly impressed, but not super impressed about the special teams at this point. I think a lot of that honestly has to do with like the return game. And I think that's really what people pay attention to like that. And then, like obvious gaffes, right? Like last year, where we're just so bad at like handling snaps. <laughs> that shouldn't happen, right? Um yep. but outside of the return game, I think the special teams made a huge difference. Like yes. Basachi. Really excited about having him here. Hopefully yep. for for my sake, not for his sake, but for my sake, like I don't know, it'd be nice if you stayed as a special teams coordinator instead of becoming a head coach somewhere. Absolutely. Like I said, I I I think I mentioned it last week that like how many years did Dave Taub work for, you know, was it Chicago and then Kansas city for yeah. forever? Um, it would be really nice to have one of those guys around for a while. Yeah. And it's nice that we're spending on 
Because that yeah. seemed like the big thing, right? Because Lafleur tried to sign, what's his name, Rizzi, the the guy who's yep. in New Orleans now. He tried to sign yeah. Rizzi and make him the highest paid special teams coordinator, and that got axed by Mark Murphy, which is why they went with two in-house guys before they ended up with uh, with uh, Basaccia. So the fact that they're spending on the position now, and there's conversations like with the front office. It's crazy that the front office just full on came out and was like. Yeah, we're rostering guys because of special teams, and we've never done that before. It's like, <laughs> what the hell was Ty Summers doing? Because right. he wasn't playing defense. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy special teams has a place in the room now because agreed. It's one of two games that I don't, I don't think they would have won otherwise. Yeah. Well, but before we go, I got, I got one question for you. So okay. outside of that, like, we know what we we've just broken down how we feel about the Packers right now, but who do we know is better than the Packers in the NFC right now? Probably Philly. Probably Philly. Like, I, I think the way Philly matches up specifically too. Yeah. Worries me because That's they're tough. the team. New England did some stuff and maybe I'll break it down this week where they were getting a lot of tight ends in the game. And whenever you get a lot of tight ends against the three, four and you divorce the tight ends and receivers, you end up getting weird looks where it's like, Oh, we could throw a whole shot, but the like, curl flat defender is Preston Smith. So I know that we can like, there's no one covering him underneath. Mm -hmm. And they were doing that with a third string quarterback, right? Um, Philly's a team that uses a lot of tight ends, right? So they can do that. Those same type of things if they want to, just like from a structural standpoint. And then that offensive line is really good. And then defensively, a lot of talent on the defensive line. Yeah. Guys are playing pretty good uh, at, at DB for them. Their linebackers aren't great. Um, that's the big thing I'll say about Philly, but I think they're number one, um, yep. depending on how healthy Tampa is still worried about Tampa. I'm not going to yep. not be worried about Tampa. That's still Tom Brady. I'm not yep. worried about the Rams. I'm not worried about the chargers. Um, spoiler alert. I'm not really worried about the giants. So like no. any of these other, like one loss teams and stuff, it's not really doing it for me in the NFC, but obviously you can always get got. I mean, San Francisco showed us that last year. Right. Yeah, it just I guess my my point there to bring that up is just the NFC is still so wide open. And 100%. so, you know, being being three and one at this point, even with all the issues that we've that we've documented and gone over with this team, um, everything's still totally out in front of them. They can they can absolutely, you know, still be a, you know, still work their way to a top seed if if they get a couple of these issues ironed out. It's just like full blown like Dobbs Watson watch at this point, yeah. right? I mean, it's yep. yeah. If they can develop, this those, team will be good. And I guess those Alvin guys in the right, the right, yeah, the right side of the offensive line. Yep, exactly. Yeah, because I th- I think the talent on defense isn't the problem outside of defensive line, but the structure yep. is going to be interesting. I mean, Joe Barry, we have some easy games coming up before Buffalo, right? Um, is he going to look at that and just say like? Well, because they're easy, we can just line up in quarters and we don't have to worry about anything. Or is it going to be like, okay, we're finally going to have to start mixing in this cover three and cover one stuff so we can work out the kinks in it, spin mm-hmm. in from too high so that by the time we play Buffalo that we can actually do this. Cause right. they got to, they got to do, they got to put more pressure on teams defensively. Again, I think they've been playing solid, but those turnovers and like, particularly well-timed turnovers have bailed them out of some big situations that could have spiraled in a completely different direction. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk about Wisconsin? Who are you rooting for Wisconsin Badgers 
Oh uh, my gosh. There's at least one person listening to this that learns <laughs> that uh Paul Chris was fired via this <laughs> podcast. Um it's people have alleged that they played jump around when uh Paul Chris was fired. Yeah, Lambeau. I heard about that at Lambo. That's uh I'm not sure if they actually that. did that or if it was yeah. just a weird coincidence, but they something I, I, that people are running with. I think it's one of those where they, they started doing it in the fourth quarter at Lambo on a on a fairly regular basis anyway. So I think that's probably a coincidence. But um no, I mean I'm I'm glad Jim Leonard is getting the interim job. I mean, he's the the only logical choice on that coaching staff for for now to to at least get the rest of the season to figure out what he can do. I want to see if Bobby Ingram, the offensive coordinator, can actually, you know, do something a little more creative with that offense because I think he's been held back by Chris a little bit. Um I mean, the the couple names that are out there, Lance Leopold, the former Whitewater head coach, um, went to Buffalo, and now he's he's making Kansas actually, you know, re- relevant again. Yeah, right now, so. that's insane. Um, so, I mean, he, he'd be in the short list. Um, I, 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 it's just, this was, this was his, like, this Saturday, that, that lost to Illinois was definitely his, like, Mike McCarthy 2018 Cardinals game yeah. moment, where okay, this is it. We just can't do this anymore. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's rough. It's not a, it's not a position that, that Badgers fans have been in. I mean, I think I, I saw that the last time that Wisconsin actually fired a head coach was in 1989. I was like Damn. two years old at that point. Yeah. Um, that's been a, it's been a heck of a run of, um, of consistency. So the only thing, the only other thing I have to add is that it just hurt that much more that Bielema was the one to do it with Illinois at Camp Randall. Like that just freaking sucks. I know some people out there listening have probably uh, heard my story about Bielema um, when I was on campus in Madison. Um, I won't, I won't recap that too much here, but uh, that guy, that guy's he's, he's an interesting character and um, there, there's some stories about him that we won't we won't get too deep into but uh yeah it's uh it hurt that that he was the one to to finally you know deal the death knell for for chris's tenure so i still have no idea 24 carries i only watched the box i only looked at the box score. i didn't watch oh the my game. god 24 carries for two rushing yards you have an nfl back and i don't know the how guy, that, happens. that was the guy who left you yeah at home that's not great. I, after, I, after a four-year decline, and all the Badgers and, fans in the APC Slack talk about this four-year decline that they've been on. You know, and and that being, it's supposed to be the game that you just got taken to the on the road. You're coming home against an Illinois team that you're favored probably by, I don't even know what the spread was, probably like two touchdowns. And you're supposed to come home pissed off, beat the crap out of them, and, you know, get back on track. And instead, you get blown out by 24 um that's that's that starts at the top there's only one person to blame for that and now he's out of a job so here we are it's gonna be weird it's gonna be a weird offseason man it'll be interesting to see what leonard does if he ends up getting the job long term or um if they look outside i don't know leonard who famously turned down the uh packers defensive coordinator job and i think that was I, I suspect that was at least in part because he was seen as the the guy in in waiting. Yeah, and I'll be surprised if he I'll be surprised if he doesn't get the job, especially if they look better down the rest of the season down the stretch. Um, if they look like they're they're improved, I think he's practically a shoe in. But uh, 
yeah, this is this is uncharted territory for Wisconsin fans of of my generation or younger. So we'll, the coaching we'll, we'll search is always fun. As an Oregon oh, fan, oh my gosh, basically never dealt with a coaching <laughs> search until recently, and has just oh. perpetually lived in a coaching search. Get excited! You guys are going to be listening. You guys are going to be sharing like every Brett McMurphy tweet from here on for the next like three months. It's going to be really fun. Um, you're going to be tracking like where Matt Campbell is at all oh, times. God. <laughs> That's got to be another one. I didn't. I I was about to mention him earlier. I uh, I didn't bring him up because I know the the Nebraska fans are all over him. I think, but um, all I, think, all I can say I think he's just, all over Nebraska too. Maybe it's maybe that's what it is. But all right, just just Wisconsin fans out there, if you're listening, say it with me. We don't want Urban Meyer. Period. End of story. No, not that he's no, 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 not no. that he's not that he's coming anyway. Not that he would consider it. But don't don't even start that crap. I think he would consider it because I don't know how many ADs uh, would consider him. They had that poll last year, or let's get out on, on this note, but yeah. they had that poll last year where it was like 90% of FBS ADs said that they would not even call Urban <laughs> to, to have him be a candidate. Like, Well, I hope Chris McIntosh was one of those 90, one of those 90%. Yeah. All right, guys, keep it tuned to the feed this week. We got a bunch of stuff. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of takes coming out, um, film breakdown, all that stuff to kind of explain and contextualize what the heck we just watched because it was as baffling to me as it was to uh, <laughs> to anyone. I almost couldn't believe that they were going to lose. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Monday, we'll have hopefully good injury updates on some of these guys and uh, snap counts. We'll do it. Go, Pat, go.